Hi, friends. Welcome to Now and Zen. I'm Dr. Amy. I created this podcast to inspire and empower you to live your best life. I'm the author of The Rewilding of Women. I'm also an educator, fellow trauma survivor, and my passion is to help others on their spiritual and trauma healing journey. I'm also a true, no bullshit, spiritual gangster. My goal is to add a dash of sunshine to your day. If you're happy, I'm happy. I'm not a psychologist or medical doctor. I don't offer any professional medical or health advice. If you're suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified professional. Let's get started. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how to recognize and ditch your inner enemy, also known as your self-doubt and negative self-talk. You know, all the senseless chatter in our heads that holds us back in life. You've all heard of Mark Twain. He had some great quotes. One of my favorites being, I've lived through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. Paying attention to our thoughts, especially our self-limiting thoughts, is important AF because our happiness and even success in life is often based upon, you guessed it, overcoming how we negotiate our internal fear and negative self-talk. By the end of our time together today, you will be able to bitch slap your enemy in the face. I don't believe in or promote violence, okay? But it's okay to mentally and consciously bitch slap your inner enemy hard. You will gain an understanding of why it's scientifically natural to talk ourselves out of happiness and success. You will also be better equipped to recognize when your inner mean voice starts to pipe up so you can tell your inner enemy to STFU. That means shut the beep up, but you probably knew that. Dr. Wayne W. Dyer, my spiritual hero, and may he rest in peace, reminds us, we don't get what we want, we get what we are. The goal today is to learn how to begin to live life without your inner enemy holding you back. Once we learn to do this, we actually do less and we can attract more happiness and possibly even more success into our lives. As far as we know, we only have this one amazing life and you are worth it. So, why do we have that inner mean voice? Where does our negative self-talk come from? Why are we sometimes so afraid of our true success and happiness? How can we ditch our inner enemy and live our lives with greater joy and success? We're going to answer all of those questions and more. Let's begin by talking about what is scientifically real and what isn't even rational when it comes to our negative self-talk. In my book, The Rewilding, I write, 
Thoughts are mighty things. You are your thoughts. Please repeat that to yourself as many times as you need to. Did you know we have more than 60,000 thoughts per day? Scientists estimate that for the majority of people, over 80% of their thoughts are negative. Yes, yes, we lean toward the negative. It's our cave person brain. I'm going to tell you all about that in just a moment. Recognizing our negative thoughts as being the useless bullshit, nonsense they are, is a powerful weapon against having 48,000 negative thoughts every day of your life. Cognitive Behavioral Theory, or CBT, which is a type of psychological theory often used to treat anxiety and depression, informs us our thoughts, emotions, and body sensations are all connected. In summary, what we think and do affects how we feel. Cognitive behavioral theory reminds us that if we change our thoughts, we can effectively change our emotions and body sensations. The fact that you have the ability to influence your own thoughts is so powerful, my friends. So the next time your inner enemy starts to talk smack, remind yourself you are the one in control of your thoughts. You have absolute power to produce healthy thinking patterns that help you feel greater joy and fulfillment in life. Because when you feel good, you attract all that is good right back to you. It comes down to this. You have the opportunity to make a choice each day to REC. R for recognize, E examine, and C choose. One, recognize your negative self-talk. Two, examine it if it is total BS. And three, choose thoughts that bring happiness and success. So don't be hard on yourself. This practice takes time. It isn't easy to overcome our habit of limiting ourselves due to our biggest fears. Be kind to yourself and just do as much as you can because every self-limiting thought you overcome is a big deal. I love this quote by Aeneas Nin who, by the way, was one of the most controversial erotica writers. So, of course, I love her. And authors of her time, she had two husbands gasp when it was so inappropriate to do so, and many, many lovers. Anyways, Aeneas said, We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Let me tell you a story. I recently had a conversation with someone who knows me better than anyone. I told them about my desire to make a huge career change and start my own consulting business. As a single parent and sole provider financially for my daughter, I had put myself last for years. 
obviously you sort of have to, right? I mean, you're pretty busy raising those munchkins. I built my career into something I thought that I wanted in higher education administration only to discover that at the end of the day, it was a job that was slowly going to kill me inside. I was facing a lot of burnout. After my daughter was born, while I was building my career, I got two more master's degrees. That's three master's degrees total and my doctorate in adult learning. It's excessive to see the least. Do all of my degrees make me smarter? Mm, Not necessarily. I'll be the first to tell you. I think emotional intelligence is so important. Um, All right. So anyways, I digress. So I have a doctorate and study the way you as an adult learn and how your brain works. So I focus on the neuroscience of learning. I love to geek out on this stuff. Anywho, I was overworked. I was running on fumes. I was yet another product of higher education burnout. I needed a career change or the stress I was under was going to make me crash and burn. Folks, I even started losing my hair. Not even kidding. Just doing too much of what does not light a fire in your soul can kill you. Remember, we talked about that in episode one. And I don't necessarily mean kill you physically. It can over time, but I mean, it can really rob you of your happiness and true joy. So back to the story. When I told this person who knows me better than anyone on this earth about my dream to make a serious career shift and start my own consulting firm, here is what she said. You are too young in your field. No one will take you seriously. You have only worked in higher education. You don't have any real business experience. You're just an average girl from a small town in Wyoming. What makes you special enough to have great minds hire you? You have a high voice and no one may take you seriously. Maybe you should just suck it up, Buttercup, and revisit this consulting firm idea when you are closer to retirement so you are taken more seriously. Needless to say, after this conversation, I did not feel very confident about forming my own consulting firm. You may be wondering why I would be friends with someone who would be so hypercritical of me, especially when I went to them for support. Who needs enemies with friends like this, right? Well, friends, this friend was me. This was when my own inner mean girl started to tell me I wasn't good enough to start my own consulting firm or follow my dreams. I was holding myself back before even getting started. I was my own worst enemy. If I had let my inner enemy take over that day, I would have never pursued my dreams. I pushed past her negativity and I decided to start my own consulting firm. I gave it a shot. I had nothing to lose. My expiration day on burnout was up, so I needed to take action anyways. 
I was going to hit a wall soon going Mach 10 and I needed my work to move in another direction. I rejected my inner enemy. I trusted my inner wild and I let my positive thoughts and intentions allow the universe to do the rest. I put the hard work and intentions out there. I ventured out on my own and within less than three months, my consulting firm was off and running. Soon I was consulting full time and working on exciting projects that just revived my soul. My passion for my career was reborn. Fear is natural. You are not alone in facing your inner enemy. The majority of us as humans are not immune to negative self-talk. We just need to get into the habit of reframing our negative thoughts into positive ones. It's easier to understand how to do this when you know the science behind why we all naturally have negative self-talk and so much fear. Beautiful things exist on the other side of irrational fear. Believe it or not, fear has always existed to protect us. We actually wouldn't be here today as a human race if fear didn't help us get here. Fear has helped us survive as a human race since we lived in trees and then in caves. Fear is a part of our natural survival instincts. Fear can be our greatest friend and protector in certain circumstances. Fear is also our natural biological go-to response, especially when we feel deep emotion. Fear of the unknown or everyday fear with a small F is hardwired into our amygdala in our brains. The amygdala is also referred to as the lizard part of our brains. It's sometimes not the brightest little bulb. Our fear-based lizard brain promotes safety, but not higher intelligence. Our fear-producing lizard brain is purely reactionary. It is not thoughtful. So our amygdala can cause us to be overwhelmed with debilitating emotion. It is important to recognize our fear-based lizard brain for what it is. Our amygdala is not necessarily the sharpest knife in the drawer. It's like the wheel is spinning, but the hamster is dead. It just serves one purpose only, to keep you safe. But it still thinks you're living in a cave and you might need to run from a saber-toothed tiger in an instant. Because our brains have not evolved much since we lived in those caves. And neither has our lizard brain that feeds us negative self-talk and irrational thoughts. So it's important to distinguish between what I call the capital F GTFO. That's get the beep out fear in chapter four in my book called Taming the Big Bad Wolf. The big bad wolf being our small f, irrational fear-based thoughts. So let's talk about the difference between GTFO or capital F fear and small f fear. The GTFO fear is 
unmistakable. It's an unmistakable fear that clearly warns you when you are in danger. You know the feeling when you come close to getting into a fender bender. Suddenly your body is supercharged with energy and adrenaline. You feel short of breath and your mind feels spun out. GTFO fear activates our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight response, causing your body to be flooded with stress hormones, also known as adrenaline. So you can react quickly to survive. It serves a beautiful purpose. It really does. It just gets confused. GTFO fear is the kind of fear you also feel when you have a phobia. Phobias are an odd anomaly. One person's phobia of flying may be another person's spider phobia. I recently had an experience that I can only describe as yet another legitimate GTFO fear. I would like to share it with you because I questioned this fear. It wasn't just life or death. It was obviously dangerous, but I felt like I would be weak. I have felt the intense thrill of riding a Harley Davidson motorcycle for about eight years now. And I have experience riding just a few feet past bison gathered on the side of roads in both Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming and Custer National Park in South Dakota. I was actually surprised to discover you can also have the same experience of riding through herds of bison less than 30 minutes from downtown Denver. Yep, at the Rocky Mountain Arsenal Wildlife Refuge. We locals here in Denver call this place the Arsenal. And Denver is amazing, by the way. I know you all agree because you all are moving here in droves, but absolutely love this city. It's my favorite city I've ever lived in. Okay, back to my point. Let me just start by saying it is incredibly thrilling to see bison on a motorcycle without a safety fence. I always enjoy it, but definitely appreciate keeping the recommended viewing distance of 25 yards. Bison are the heaviest land animal in North America with bulls, the males, weighing up to 2,000 pounds and cows, the females, weighing up to 1,200 pounds. Having grown up in Wyoming, I have a deep respect for their space and my not leaving in an ambulance. Every year we hear of tourists in Yellowstone who get absolutely demolished by a bison for getting too close. I have a friend who got rammed by a bison while on her motorcycle in Custer National Park in South Dakota, and she has had multiple surgeries and complications walking ever since. She also stopped riding her motorcycle. Sometimes on the motorcycle, you have to ride by them, emphasis on by them, which is okay. I once rode past a bison in Yellowstone National Park that was, I kid you not, bigger than I even knew they could grow. This guy was just walking casually down the road and he had to be over six foot tall, just massive. I've never felt so exposed on my motorcycle as I did then. 
and you are stuck behind stopped cars full of people taking pictures so you have nowhere to go if that big guy comes over to say hello to you so riding by bison okay riding through bison mm, not okay no bueno you are just asking for it at that point i love the thrill of adventure but in spite of the risks i take i try to put myself in as few situations as possible where i can get seriously injured i don't like pain and i have a high health insurance deductible don't we all i tend to be as cautious as i can be while still allowing myself to have the best highest amount of fun possible the road ahead of us at the arsenal was full of bison a few bison were laying down in the middle of the road just laying in the sun there was also a cluster of them standing on the sides of the road and a female with her calf thundered by us where we stood on the side of the road just sitting on our bikes you can feel the powerful force of their weight literally make the ground shake when they run by you I thought of my friend who was charged by a bison and remembered all of the ambulances I see screaming to the rescue inside Custer National Park each year at a motorcycle rally, all due to someone getting too close to a bison. So my adrenaline started to rush and not in a good adventure kind of way. It started to rush in the capital F fear way, the GTFO fear way. We were the only two people on motorcycles there. My friend who is from Brooklyn, she's a new rider. She is such an adventurer. We have so much fun. She wanted to ride through them. I explained to her that although the bison look cute and fluffy, they are not big puppies and they are known for seriously injuring and even killing people who invade their space. Cars backed up on the road to view the bison and we kept our distance and pulled over to wait and see if the bison would eventually move from the road, they didn't move. Turning around would keep us safe. It would disappoint my friend. But at the end of the day, I decided I did not want to make that phone call to my best friend's mom in Brooklyn that she was mauled by a bison in Denver, Colorado and advised we turn around and we go back the way we came. I love her sense of unending adventure. So now that you know why your brain resorts to negative self-talk, your amygdala, let's talk about the biggest, most useless, irrational fear of all. This is not your life or death fear that keeps you safe. This is what I call the small F fear. And it usually manifests itself in what I also call the W word for worry. And yes, worry is a useless, dirty word that kills our joy. What I call the unmistakable GTFO fear screams at us. Well, fear of the unknown nags at us. It's that chatter again. There's no mistaking life or death fear. But when we are feeling that familiar tug of our irrational fear, we should absolutely question and examine it. Worry is a prime example of our irrational fear. Buddhism reminds us that technically worry doesn't exist. I talk about this concept in my seminars quite often 
that worry does not exist. And I get so many confused looks. You may be asking, what? Worry doesn't exist? Then why do I spend so much time doing it? When we worry, we are focusing on an outcome that has not even happened yet. So what we worry about technically doesn't exist. It isn't real. It hasn't happened yet. Whether it happens or not is often beyond our control. And worry does not serve us in an effective way. Worrying is negative self-talk at its absolute finest. If you think back on all of the hours, even years of your life you've spent worrying, is it even worth it? How has worrying ever helped us feel joy and happiness? Even if the outcome we fear the most happens, worrying about it prior to it happening does not help us face this inevitable in a productive way. We waste valuable time in our lives worrying when we could be feeling good and attracting more good into our lives. Have you ever felt joy from watching your child or your pet sleeping? Then in the next moment, you suddenly are flooded with terrifying worry that something awful is going to happen to them. This is our natural fear triggering us to protect our loved one. Again, that lizard part of our brain. I always feel this fear kick in while watching my daughter sleep as a baby and even as a teenager. I still have this fear kick in when I watch her leave to go hang out with her friends or when I drop her off at school because we know schools are not safe. It's really scary out there as a parent and I probably listen to way too many true crime podcasts. Anywho, I never drop my daughter off at school without telling her that I love her. Fear always reminds me. My daughter is literally my heart traveling outside of my body. Fear of something happening to her is not irrational. It is biological and natural. But if I take action on that over worrying, then sometimes those actions may be something I regret. They might be an overreaction. All I can do is my best to keep her safe. I cannot grow her in a bubble. And we live in a city where we don't even walk around outside alone after 10 p.m. Like most parts of cities where we live is pretty bougie during the day, but really sketchy at night. Worrying too much about things that can happen to my child that are beyond my control does not serve me or her in a productive way. So main takeaway today, please do not be hard on yourself. We all have a caseload of irrational fears. It is natural. And thankfully, we are also smarter and braver than our irrational fears. All right, that's all I have for today. Be kind to others and yourselves and namaste amazing.